You're listening to WERALP, Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM, streaming and on demand at WERA.FM. Coming to you from the studios at Arlington Independent Media, I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and this is Choose to be Curious. Welcome. This is a show about curiosity, talk about research and theory, but mostly it's conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life. And on a good day, it does both which is pretty much what happened the other night as I sat in Willie Mammoth's rehearsal hall for a night of stand-up comedy, kindness of three ensemble members from Second City who are in town with the current production of Nothing to Lose But Our Chains. Thelonious Monk, Odinaka Ezekoli, and Calvin Evans said they were indulging their own itch for some stand-up on a night that Willie was otherwise dark. It was a great show, intimate, fun, edgy, combination of social commentary and sly physicality that was infectious. The stuff that stays with you. And then Calvin said something like, comedy is all about observation. And little bells went off in my head. So I asked the three of them to join me to talk about comedy and observation and curiosity and why it's never just about the jokes. So welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. Hey, what's hey, up? Hey. It's great to have you here. So so talk to me. Calvin, I want to start with you. This was your line. Talk to me about comedy and observation. Uh, for me, my, I, I say that my comedy is observational philosophy. We don't have uh, philosophers anymore. We don't have modern-day philosophers. So I feel like that's what comedy is. It, it takes the world and it makes sense of it in some shape or form. And for me, I like to observe life as it is and try to figure out the things that we kind of take for granted and say oh it is what it is I like to try to find a place where it's like oh no this is why that is mm. to try to make sense of it so I'll, to to look at it to question it to say well why is it like that and then find my own spin or rhyme or reason to why it exists so that's that's how I describe my comedy well, you know, it's interesting because I actually I went and I looked up the definition of observation, of observe, because I thought, well, what is it? Does that mean something particular? And it's actually, you know, that it's not only that you perceive something, but that you register it as being significant, mm-hmm. which I think is what you guys do, right? I mean, you're sort of seeing stuff and then calling it out as like there's a there's a something behind this, right? You're peeling back the onion. Talk to me about that. How does that work? I think that... Um The bigger part for me is everybody sees the exact same things. We all live in pretty much the same world. And so when you see people, um, you know, talking about race or or gender or politics or whatever, we're we're all literally seeing the exact same thing. And comedy is not just uh, a way to peel back the onion on those ideas. It tells us something about ourselves and how we think. Um, So when you see two comics basically taking the same premise or the same idea and talking about it from two different places you see how people's minds work differently right so so monk that's interesting do mm-hmm. you think people actually do see the same thing i think people see the same thing through different lenses and uh-huh. a different lens can absolutely change the way that thing that you're looking at looks you know where the doug jones looks different to people than roy moore right like roy moore should absolutely look the same to all of us he should look like mm-hmm. a pedophile who has no reason being elected <laughs> but clearly there are a bunch of people who see something that i can't see so that i have to i have to assume they have a different filter yeah. not that we're seeing the same thing and they're just terrible people i hope i hope <laughs> 
Maybe, yeah. maybe they're just oh. terrible people. It's, it's, it's <laughs> none of us. <laughs> I wanted to be like, yeah, but mm, maybe, okay. Well, they're just awful. Uh, never mind that. Bad, but, I mean, bad it, example. And it's the, the, the same with the analogy, like like half empty, half full. Mm-hmm. Like it's the, it's that same that same lens that he's talking about, where it's just like we just see things different. And I, I think that comes from where you come from also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, no question about that, right? I mean, something plays out in front of you, and we each we bring to that the whole background and story about what we are actually seeing there. So as as comedians, as performers, do you go looking for things to observe or do you just think you're naturally more observant or voracious or I would say I would say as a stand-up comedian, we we have to be aware of everything at all times, especially especially on stage. So it's just like is is reading the room. Mm-hmm. So it's like we, we 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 always have our feelers feelers out, and as as a comedian, as comedians, we have to constantly be looking at things, and and kind of being like, hmm, you know, we, it's always that that what what is this? What is what is happening? And also always have it kind of being in the moment with things. So when when we when we walk on that stage and we're telling you a story, we're giving you. Uh, obviously uh, it's put into a comedy formula, but we're giving you all the things that we experienced the way we experienced and we're trying to make sense of it. So I think comedy is constantly trying to make sense of things and then finding our own answers. And I think what makes it funny is that you find people find, you find people that actually think just like you or see things. Oh, uh-huh. It is that you're, you're right. I, or I never looked at it like that. So I think that's the, that's the joy in, in comedy and the, the, for me, the joy in observation is the like I said the, the the small things that people accept that they never question, and then once you question, it's just hey, why is that like that? And I think that's that's what makes comedy fun for me. Yeah, I think for, uh, I don't think comedians are naturally uh, more observant or curious than others. I think that we, this is just the medium that we choose mm-hmm. to express ourselves. Like my girlfriend, she 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 loves music. She sings, so like that's how that's her that's her own form of expression. Like whoever designed. Y'all can't see it, but this is a really cool wood working I know, sculpture a great thing wall, on the right? wall. Yeah, <laughs> like somebody that came out of somebody, and that was how they chose to express whatever it was. Uh-huh. And so this is just our this is just our mode. We things come through us, and it's like all right, and then we put it back. However, we put it back out. However, that comes out of us, and it's beautiful. We see comedians can have three different takes on a topic like race or politics or whatever, and and when you see it, it's almost like its own sculpture in the room, but with words. I don't know if that sounds Ooh, weird. That's exactly that right. is poetic. That You're is a poet word too. So, so Odenaki, um, is that? Do you think of it as curiosity? I mean, do you th- think of it that way explicitly as curiosity, or you're just looking around? No, that, that, that was something I thought about because when we were coming for curious, I don't, that's not, that's not a word I would have used. I wouldn't have used the word curiosity, but I think it absolutely applies. Like it, it's definitely uh, like, oh, well, what is, what is that? What's that's it's something like you know something gets in your craw and you're just like just turning it over, and like if uh, if an idea is in my head and I'm thinking about it more than or if I say something like three times in a conversation, then I'm like you know I should probably say it on stage because this <laughs> this is this is not leaving. Clearly, uh-huh. I think something about this. Or there was even like when we were writing for the show, like that we were like talking those parts in um, the stand up bit that I do as a as the conscience and. We were talking about it, and then Monk said something, and I was like, "Well, you clearly have an idea about this. You should probably write that down." And like, so th- if something just if something just keeps coming up, that your mind is 
your mind is working that idea in the background. And so it's saying, pay attention, pay attention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so if it's not curiosity, what what do you call it? Or I, I don't think I think we're I think we're all looking for answers, right? Mm. And so there is a part of curiosity where you're looking for something, but I think curiosity is just looking for the sake of looking. So curiosity is just like I'm turning things over because I want to see what's beneath there. But for us, I think a lot of it is we are turning things over with a purpose. I'm looking for the answers to life, mm. not just the joke. I'm absolutely looking for life's answers. I'm looking for life's meaning. I'm looking for who I am as a person. And like Odenaka said, you know, this is how I express whatever I found. And sometimes it's not an expression of what I found. It's an expression of the question again, right? I'm, I'm, I'm repeating the question with the scenario that tells you why I think this is a question. Right? Why I don't understand. Here's why I don't understand this. Here's here's why this doesn't make sense to me. Here's why. And I will come up with my hypothesis, but I will also, you know, we just talked about something the other day. Are we trying to answer something um, with this show? And I would tell people all the time, I'm not being redeemed in this show. This show doesn't answer as many questions as it does just show you a thing and allow you to come up with your own conclusions. So for us, we're curious, but I think we're sharing our curiosity as opposed to answering anything we just want the answers yeah <laughs> we're not always coming up with them you're hungry you're hungry so back up a second actually and you know kind of really briefly describe nothing to lose but our chains because i think i hadn't really thought we'd talked specifically about it but, but now you mentioned a couple of things i'm like oh we have to talk about the show so so describe it if you would um so talking about looking for answers there was a there's a my favorite comedians of all times are, are two different people. It's uh, Eddie, it's Richard Pryor and George Carlin for two separate reasons. George Carlin, because I thought, I, I can't think of anyone who had a better way with words, and he was absolutely a modern-day philosopher who just happened to use comedy as his medium. But Richard Pryor, uh, and the clearest way I can say it is he got naked on stage, but mm. he was vulnerable in a way that most of us are not. Very specifically, black men, we are cool, and we do not show you our flaws, and that's just how we were raised. We were literally raised that any flaw is a weakness, and people will use that weakness to exploit you. So Richard Pryor's bravery to be that vulnerable on stage and to talk about his drug addiction and his bi-curiosity and, and just literally every bad thing that happened, he discussed it on stage. And so I thought as a comedian, one of the things that holds me back is that I am not willing to make fun of me. And it's beyond self-deprecation. It's just that introspection that allows you to be honest with people. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like we said, this is our, our medium of choices, comedy. I was able to put a show together that backtracks my life to the point where I'm this person now. And the way I present now is this positive father who does these things for the community. But how did I get there? Yeah. And to pull those layers back and show that we're all flawed human beings. And sometimes it takes a lot of crap to get to the good stuff. Um, so yeah, nothing to lose is really my journey through the crap to the good stuff. Uh, but it's also a, a vanity project where I learn how to be, I learn how to be vulnerable. I learn how to acknowledge that I am not what you have seen. I'm way less in some areas and way more in other areas. And, and I think that's the connection that I hope people get with it. It's not about whether you had the exact same experiences narrowly. It's that broad. We all have these feelings of imposter syndrome and and family issues and you know who i am is not who i was and who i am now is not who i'm going to be et cetera, et cetera. so nothing to lose is like look don't give up on yourself you, yeah. there's you have nothing to lose but that that past person 
So this is Thelonious Monk talking about um, the production Nothing to Lose But Our Chains at Willie Mammoth right now with two ensemble members, Calvin Evans and, and Odenaka. Which you should all go see. What's that? Which, uh, <laughs> the Willie Mammoth Theater. <laughs> you can say that. I can't say that. Through but <laughs> November 30th. I'll 50s. say I loved it. <laughs> she loved it, but I can say very clearly go so, see it. <laughs> Please, I need the money. <laughs> <laughs> and Odenaka, you play the conscience in in this production, which I thought was such an interesting such an interesting role and so interesting from this kind of curiosity and observation perspective. Tell me, what's it like to be somebody else's conscience? I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's really cool. It's really cool playing Monk's conscience. Uh, it's, uh, I mean, just be, being a friend with Monk, I just feel like I'm like a friend in his head. I guess when I thought about conscience, I, I, I thought that uh, your conscience will be something that loves you from a place that is beyond uh, whatever's going on in your life. Like your conscience is coming from a place of love. Mm-hmm. And so if it's coming at you, it's it wants you to hear something because it because it loves you and it wants you to it wants you to see beyond the circumstance that you're in and it is pushing you to do some push you to do something. And so that's kind of the energy uh, that I kind of wanted to bring. And love can manifest itself in many ways. In some ways it can be playful. And in some ways, it can be dead serious. Like, yo, you need to hear this right now. Right. And sometimes you're sort of goofing with them, and other times you're sort of slapping them around the head. It's yeah. Like, you know, wake up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that's, um, I felt like that's that. Uh, but overall, I feel like that's kind of playful, and that's kind of what I wanted to bring to it. And yeah, it's been really, it's been really fun. It's been really fun every night to do that. Yeah. So, I was thinking about this this morning actually, because I found myself at some point in the in the show. I was laughing and I was crying. And I was not crying from laughter. I was crying because it hurt. Mm -hmm. And I thought, this is so interesting that it's both funny and painful and um, and cathartic. (laughs) Um, So you're nodding. I mean, talk to me about that. That's comedy is usually our way of couching our feelings and pretending that we're okay it's a it's a way of dealing and again you know not to this isn't a racial issue i'm just speaking very specifically of the black community we often hide our pain in comedy and Mm -hmm. i don't even know if it's a hidden thing i think we express our pain through comedy Uh, we will laugh at a funeral and it's not because we don't have respect for the dead it's our coping mechanism because if we don't laugh it's just too heavy what I wanted to do with this show was to make the audience feel what I felt in those places. And I thought if I could communicate those things, then we were OK. I also, we would go from like this really, really heavy thing to this really, really goofy, funny thing. And then we would go right from this really goofy, funny, powerfully funny, hilarious, hold your stomach laughter thing to maybe one of the more one of the two most heavy pieces of the show comes right after a very funny bit. Mm -hmm. And that's life, right? Life doesn't give you smooth transitions. And regular plays, we're like, okay, we want to transition. I don't want to do this jump stop where it feels like everything is going great. And then we transition to this, oh my God, this is so heavy. I didn't have time to prepare. Life does not give you time to prepare, right? Your best day could end with the death of a family member, right? The death of a family member could come minutes before you get a message saying that you got your dream job. Those things go together like that. Life is never that clean. So this play 
and, and I remember actively saying very early on, I want people to come in expecting to laugh because it's me and it's Second City and I want them to cry and be surprised that they did and then reward them for crying by making sure they feel okay at the end. But not about me. Just feel okay about you and mm-hmm. about life. And when people say I laughed, I cried, it was poignant, I didn't get this part, I did get that part, then I think that's the show I wanted to write. I yeah. didn't want everyone to get it. I didn't want everyone to like it. But I wanted everyone to experience it. And there have absolutely been nights where I've looked out in the audience and seen enough people wiping their eyes after a particular scene. And I went, okay, well, that worked. And the nights that are my favorites are the ones where I look around on stage with people who I've done this 30 times with and they're crying. Mm. And I'm going, okay, all right, this still works. This is 30 shows in or 25 shows in and it's still affecting us. And there are days where I have to take extra naps because it's just draining to relive this so yeah the show is it's funny because it says second city at the top and felonious monk and we are ostensibly in the funny business but beyond that you know comedy is usually just drama you know hidden it's you watch a sitcom it has a story has a narrative and you're trying to say something you're usually trying to say something really heavy but you have to hide it in comedy because people are scared of thinking and so if you can trick them into not thinking and just figuring it out in their own heads while it's going. I think you've done something. And I hope we've done something. Seriously, come see the show. It's good. <laughs> it's I think the, December um, 31st at Woolly Mammoth Theater. I think... Um, it's a message to, from our sponsor. Go see the show. <laughs> <laughs> I think the... Like, like, like comedy is... Let's say, like, like, you know, hurt is the pill. Like, comedy is the applesauce. You know, like, it, it helps you go down a little bit smoother. And I think the, the, the great thing about this show... It, it, the great thing and also the hard thing about this show is for me, like when, when you see the parallel timelines, you see parallel timelines, and alternate timelines and as a person like Monk and his story having to actually write out the what ifs. What what if my what I if this that was such an interesting sequence, these imagined alternative paths. Yeah. I mean, one, it was just a great piece of theater. But yes, that whole kind of it took two weeks to write know, that and it took a year to write that. Does that make uh, sense? It, yeah, literally, it if I take the time that I actually had to write it, it took two weeks, three weeks maybe. But it took me from January, February of two, of this year until October to be able to say some of them out loud. Mm. It's just to acknowledge that if I had, I could have had a different life. To acknowledge that my dad could have had it. To acknowledge my mom could have had a very much better life if some things sh- shook out differently. To see my mom cry when that part happened, when she saw the show, lets me know that these were necessary things to say. And yeah, that's a good point. Just writing it was harder sometimes because I'm like, you're finally admitting this out loud. Mm -hmm. You're saying you're going to say this in front of thousands of people. Are you are you ready to say I'm still not ready to say it, but I've done it. It's already, Mm -hmm. you know, I pulled the scab off, but it's it's a lot. And, it, and, I, and I think that's the, that's the 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 tough thing in life, if if your life isn't what you wanted it to be, is like once when you don't when you when you're not where you want to be in life, you look back like man, what if this would have happened? What if I would have got that job? What if I would have got accepted to this school? What if I would have not did this? Or if I did do this? like that's the that's a tough thing for anybody to you know to to grapple with like man, what what would my life have been? And to see that kind of play out on stage and also have to write that, I think. I think that's amazing. I think that's like some of the I think that's what makes this show great is like it goes through like choices and what is 
and then also getting to a place where it's just like, no, this is who I am. And also accepting that and how, how do I take the reins of my life and and, and push it in and, and control it in the direction that I want to be. And I think that's a that's a great thing about this show. You got the show. Yeah. You understood it. <laughs> and everyone else should come and see it that just show. Hit me. It only MFA. took 30 performances. <laughs> it's only 30 performances. And, you and now I finally understand. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a great point, right? Of sort of it. Um, it also it's this interesting invitation to sort of imagine the alternative futures mm-hmm. you can have. It's like how might I craft a path, you know, so that the story going forward is maybe one that you control a little bit more, maybe when you're happy, a little bit happier about. Yeah. I mean, for me, that was the effect the, of sort of looking backward that way through multiple <laughs> versions to so think about, so how do I, we just how might about I going this forward? As a backward show last night is a kind of a, a, a joke. Oh, we were talking about, hey, what if we did this show and we started with the end and ended with the beginning? But I, I think that would be a show that was about losing control, mm-hmm. right? And this show is about taking responsibility and acknowledging that there are still things you can't control. Yeah. There are going to be circumstances and situations that are out of your power, but everything that's within your power to control, take it seriously. When you make a decision, take it seriously. When you're running late, get in the Uber immediately. Um, but yeah, take take these things in life seriously. They are no throwaway decisions. Well, you you actually have a line in the show about every choice matters. Every choice matters. Yeah, and that's why there Which are is, no. I I came uh, home and I had choices. this little slip. It was like the back of their promotion thing in the program. I had all these lines written down. <laughs> I couldn't read them because I was good, writing though. in the dark, but and I you, wouldn't take my eyes off. You were making my day. Right and it, this, this is the thought. Like whenever we think of, at least for me, if I think of parallel timelines in my life and decisions that I made, it's never middle of the road. It's either like it would have been amazing or it would have been it would have been the worst thing. The ever. worst. Yeah, yeah. There's never any middle of the road. Like if I would have made this decision, it would have been average. Yeah. It would have <laughs> been like there's no average. It's either amazing or terrible like uh-huh. I, and, I, and i wonder why that is like think, why the, yeah. like because i we are, question are, ourselves are we curiosity in, yeah are we living in the middle is our life right now the middle like man i would have had i would have had the best job or i would ended been, up in jail i could have been barack obama or i could still be selling crack like those are those yeah. are, and maybe there were another where well, there's another option i could have been an accountant yeah you know just, not that there's anything wrong with being an accountant for all the accountants out there listening <laughs> i'm just saying that's a completely shout out to my cpa shout out to my cpa I just got my my accountant just robbed me for every bit of money I'm making for the next ten years because I said that. I apologize, man, in advance. <laughs> we can totally cut that out of this. <laughs> I know that is the I beauty. I don't need that. I don't need that. <laughs> the I don't need that kind of pressure, man. I got, I got kids to feed, Mr. Accountant. I apologize, or Mrs. Accountant, or or they accountant. I don't want to. Try. I don't know. You know. <laughs> he, she, they. Yeah, he, she, they. He, she, That's they. right. I don't want any That's problem. right. So, so there's a. I've just been thinking about kind of the irreverence of what you all do. I mean, you do a lot of satire. You know, you're sort of poking the bear, right? <laughs> and um, Saul Alinsky has this great line about curiosity and irreverence go together. And Nabokov has this line about curiosity is insubordination in its highest form. Wow, I know That's great a, lines, right? I, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but it's just like as insubordination and curiosity is like when you're a kid. Like, and you ask your parent a question, it's like, because I said so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stop asking questions, because I said so. Like, that is, ins- to think that it's insubordination to want to know information. I just, I just want to know. Hey, I where are we going? Are we there yet? Right. Don't worry about it. You're not driving. <laughs> My mother and I recently had, after the show, actually, had this conversation about she thought 
She said, I don't know what happened to you one day. You just wouldn't do anything I said. And I said, because you would never tell me why I was doing it. And that at some point didn't make sense to me anymore. And that was really it. And it was in effect, if you're a child and you just stop doing what your parents say, that is absolutely insubordination. This is an authority figure and you are refusing to do what the, but as a human being, a thinking human being, why would you just blindly lemon like a lemming jump, jump off a cliff? You said so, but it doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Why am I doing it? And that's absolutely my philosophy with every why do why? I need to know why I'm doing it or it's gonna be tough for me to buy in. Even if it I, yeah, a million people are doing it. No, I see them. Mm-hmm. Why are they doing it? Well, I mean everybody's doing it. No, I heard that. We talked we discussed that. But why? Because everybody was buying houses twelve years ago. Because the the market was right, and then the bubble burst, and so no one said, "Why is the market so good right now mm-hmm. for housing?" If they had asked that question, maybe the market doesn't do that because people go, "Oh, this is not real." Bitcoin right now, people, "Oh, this is amazing." It's not. Nothing is that amazing. <laughs> things are like you said. It's yeah. either great or horrible. No, some things are just average. Mm-hmm. That's an average thing that we've made amazing, and it will likely pop because that's what humans do. And not asking so, questions. Yeah, we're not it. asking questions. But curiosity yeah, you're saves the world. Day, I'm making, you're making my day. Yeah. This is great. It's, I, I, my favorite two <laughs> questions are why and why not. Why? Uh, why yeah. We yeah. can't. We, we can't let. You, we can't let you go. Why, why? not? Uh-huh. Be, you know, it's you know the rules. But why? You know, like, I think why? why is one of the. It's, it's the great question. That's that's policy. It's not an answer to me. And why when, is that the policy? You, and when you tell, and when you don't have explanation, then it's like then it could be it could be changed. Okay, so I have to I have to ask this question. Um, and I, I don't remember the research exactly, but one of the things that stopped my heart um, at some point when I was looking, maybe it, I was doing a show about um, a program here in Arlington that um, provides services to support people who are recently um, coming out of incarceration, reentry into the community. And we were talking about sort of curiosity and trauma and that whole kind of complicated mm. intersection. And one of the things that I read in talking about that or, or preparing for that show was um, the difference between how white kids and black kids are treated for their curiosity yep. by by society. And yep. and I just wonder if you could, you're so, saying, yep. I mean, so we have this great scene, and I never acknowledge this in the show, but there's a great scene between he and I and Mackenzie where yeah. he just loses it and he, talks crazy Odenaka. to his mother. Odenaka. I'm sorry, I keep pointing to him because you guys can see that. <laughs> uh, but Odenaka loses it and just starts talking to his, in the scene, his mother extremely right. recklessly. Right. Um, I, we never say explicitly in the scene, but Odenaka is a white child that I grew up that with. That was abundantly clear to me instantly. Right, <laughs> right. That's why we never say it. We never point that out other than to me making a suggestion that that's a white thing to do. We never point out that he actually is. But that was a, that was a thing that absolutely happened. And I always thought that white kids were reckless. What I never mm. considered was that they had opinions and their families, even if they did not like those opinions or the way they expressed them, allowed them to have opinions and feelings. Yeah. I could not get mad at my mother. That was not a valid or valuable a thing that could, you mad at me, go to your room. Wait for having a normal human response to something that happened. And so what I used to think was black families and black parents and that was a cultural thing that we did and it wasn't. It was a reaction to what we perceived as a threat. 
So my mom grew up during the Megar Evers murders, the Malcolm X, mm-hmm. the Malcolm Martin Luther King Jr., the JFK. So it wasn't even just black men who spoke up for themselves. It was anyone who spoke up for black people. So the best way to stop you from doing that is to stop you from having that voice. You need to know that you don't question authority and you need to know that from the very beginning. And so we talk about these, you know, black parents spank their kids. That's how we were raised. Yeah, we were raised that way because they were terrified. If we didn't get this discipline and learn to toe the line early, we could die. It was literally life and death. And so, no, it's been reinforced over and over. It happens in schools now. You look at the rate of suspensions and, and expel, expulsions. Right, that was black the data students that I was looking at. Yeah. It was really, it's, it's terrifying. We are homeschooling just because that's not fair to our kid and we can't change that system immediately and I'm not going to use my kid as a guinea pig but that's the the thing is how do you fix that system without acknowledging that this is really structural supremacy that we've passed down for decades and if I didn't have a kid maybe I'd just move but you know that part of that that particular scene and again we don't do blatant satire we subtly slide things in and we talk about you know how that how that affected me later. Yeah. I am absolutely the kid that I am now because I'm still a kid. I'm the kid that I am now because I saw ki- kids actually question their parents when I was younger and I rebelled, but I didn't know how. Now I'm old enough to know how to rebel and I question absolutely everything. Everything is on the table for questioning. My existence is on the table for questioning. This conver- like you can que- There's no ridiculous question now and my kids can be mad. My son cries sometimes when he doesn't get his way and I get it that's a react sometimes i don't get my way and i want to cry i can't because i still have to do things but you're 15 months let it out <laughs> right i'm not going to beat you because you're mad at mommy for not turning on the show that you wanted to turn on. that's a real human feeling now we have to talk to you about how to process those feelings but we didn't get that chance very few black people in general black men in particular got a chance to process real human emotions so we grow up as robots and then when things snap they snap horribly um, and that's, you know, again, that's not a victim thing. I'm just saying, I, I don't know how you expect a six or seven year old to learn how to process them if no one's helping them process them. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was a lot. Oh, Sorry about man. That. Okay. <laughs> knock, knock. You know. So, <laughs> so, 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 so here's one of these things you can't control, right? Like time is yeah. finite, which yeah. means I cannot control that we are out of time. But there is always time for my jar. So this is... The big jar of wannabe analogies. In this jar, there are little slips of paper. We're going to take one out, and I want you to make an analogy to curiosity hmm. with whatever is on your slip of paper. So go ahead, take a slip. So, so. All right. There you go. You guys get to go first because that's the last <laughs> one here, and I have no idea what to do. I took two. I took two. You took two. All right. Well, I'll now you got to do both of them. Man. No. Now give no, me one. All right. We'll take one for the audience. Okay. Who wants to go first, or I can go first. Whatever. You can go first. I'll go first. Okay. Show us how to do it. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, mine says honey jar. How is curiosity like a honey jar? Um, curiosity is like a honey jar because you have to dip into it, and um, and the reward is a sweetness that um, that enhances life. Now I want honey. <laughs> that was that was poetry. That wasn't oh, that wasn't even an analogy. Yeah, no, that was beautiful that was poetry. That was beautiful. All right, <laughs> who's next? Oh, you who's good? Next? Odenaki. He's like he's like itching. I can see it. Uh, all right, I got weeds. All right. And uh, curiosity is like weeds because if you're smoking it right, 
I, you will never run dry. Okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel bad. I would have said weeds are curiosity because they pop up. This is mine, okay? Yeah. You don't know about mine. Don't be trying fair. to. I just no, knew you, you were going to mention smoking the weeds. I, I don't know. The, the, first, you said it. the first thing I thought was, um, you know, this is corny, but you know, you get them little tea things, like the Yoki teas, and I always have a little mm-hmm. message. And always, uh-huh. one of them uh, it says, uh, the difference between a flower and a weed is a judgment. Uh, and that, wow. I feel like that's a direct yeah. parallel to curiosity because if you call it a weed and you call this a flower, why do you call that a weed and why do you call it a flower? And if you Yo. if you look at it at a deeper level, you know, you can always there's always something behind the first thing that you think and that is and if you can always think about that to be able to step back, I mean that's the curiosity. We need to get into that observing mind. And, Pretty sure uh, that was still about smoking weed. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm you giving out bouquets of, of weeds. <laughs> You just get people bouquets of weeds. It's yeah, like, get your girl a bouquet of weeds. These are like, weeds. These are like, flowers. What makes sense? I'm mad What's I'm wrong mad with you? you? Can't even see. Are you like you know roses? How long it took me to pick these? Dude, <laughs> roses have thorns. Why is that yeah. desirable? Those, these that's have not, no thorns. That's not a rash. That's a bouquet on your arm. That's, a, that's arm. That's skin excitement. That's skin joy. Uh, <laughs> skin joy. That <laughs> <laughs> oh. make me chuckle. Oh. All right, <laughs> I got um, all right, Calvin. I got cobblestones. Uh, oh. Curiosity is like cobblestones because why are people still using cobblestones? <laughs> <laughs> it is the worst type of streets and sidewalks. It's uneven. Who do do, do people tuck point sidewalks? Can you tuck point sidewalks? It's the most hard thing to walk on. Um, I don't know much about cobblestones. Um, <laughs> But I feel like um, that's my question. Why are people still using cobblestone? I'm curious about that. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Curiosity raises your, or cobblestones oh, raise your yeah. curiosity. And that's cobblestone right. is also raised when it's not properly taken <laughs> care of. Nicely done. <laughs> that is. There's a lot of those in, in D.C. They yeah. love, they're well, this is an old town. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's the worst. Like, just, like, they be putting them, like, after the, on, along the sidewalk, they put extra bricks along. It's like, how much? How many yeah. bricks do you need? Yeah. How many people do you want to see fall? You know? Yeah, <laughs> That's my favorite thing is to just stand around the corner from the theater and watch people fall. Look at you. Look at you. Exposed brick. Watch where you're walking, son. DC loves exposed brick. Yeah. <laughs> it's, got, it's got personality. All right, Monk, what do you have? Gentrified sidewalks. I have planting. Uh, and curiosity is like planting because, of course, if you water it and take care of it and expose it to the right things, um, something beautiful will grow out of it, whether it's a weed or a flower. Yeah. It's uh, up to you. There you go. Woo! Whoa. All right. Uh. All right. And audience, uh, we have one for you. How is curiosity like breakfast? Let us know. <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, hashtag, analogy. Well, gentlemen, thank you. Thank you for having So us. much yeah. for this. This was a lot of fun. And, um, you know, I just, every, every time I have these conversations, I go away thinking about whatever the topic was in a different way. Mm. And um, I feel like the fact that I was laughing and crying at your show um, makes me understand comedy differently. So thank cool. you, all three, for no, that. Thank you for, thank you for having us. Yeah, and for thank you, us. Calvin, for saying that com- uh, comedy was observation or this may not have happened. Never happened. You're a beautiful man. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thank right. you. For the listeners, um, go to Calvin Evans on Facebook. You see my face. <laughs> and, um, and you'll know he's right. Yeah, yeah. Social media, any way that people want to get to you guys? Uh, Instagram, follow me at Calvin Evans Comedy. Calvin Evans Comedy. Um, yeah, Odinaka, O-D-I-N-A-K-A on Instagram. Um, oh, yeah, check out Easy on Netflix. I'm in it. Felony Spunk's in it. Uh, season two, episode three. I'm, I'm not in it. <laughs> <laughs> 
I am uh, Thelonious Monk. Just look it up under Monk Comedy, M-U-N-K-C-O-M-E-D-Y, and all of my social media is there. Also, um, I'm in this show called Nothing to Lose, but I changed it to the Willie Mammoth Theater, and it runs through December 31st. <coughs> say what? Uh, it was Willie Mammoth Theater, and December 31st, yeah, cause Nothing to Lose. Yeah, because I wasn't going to say that at the You end. can't say that. No, I no. would say that, though. <laughs> and you can also see Calvin Evans and Odenaka Ezekwole in that with Mackenzie Chen and Angela Lee. Hey, ladies. Yeah. We miss you. All right. You've been listening to WERA 96.7 FM. If you joined us late or want to catch up with this or other great programs here at Radio Arlington, check us out online and on demand at WERA.FM. Special thanks to my guests, Felonius Monk, Odenaka Ezekole, and Calvin Evans, all of Second City, who are appearing now through December 31st at Woolly Mammoth. <laughs> and nothing to lose but our chains. For more information, visit woollymammoth.net or check out the links on my Facebook page. Thanks to, to Michaela Stubley for her help in arranging the interview and to Antonio Villarongo, who not only egged me on to get this interview, but came to help engineer as well. You can hear all my previous shows on Facebook, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, iTunes, all at Choose to Be Curious, or my website, choosetobecurious.com, and follow me on Twitter at choose number two, letter B, curious. Don't forget to send us your breakfast analogy, hashtag analogy. And I hope you'll join me next time when astrophysicist and best-selling author Dr. Mario Livio joins me to talk about what makes us curious and his hopes for a curiosity epidemic. Until then, choose to be curious. And that's a wrap. So. This is Odenaka Ezekwole. This is Odenaka Meleche. <laughs> Ezekwole. And you are tuned into W-E-R-A-L-P 96.7. Radio Arlington. Please listen to all my Niger brothers. You have nothing Is that to how you're going to do it? <laughs> you have nothing to lose but your chains by listening to WERA LP 96.7. Is it recording right now? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is amazing. I think we're done. We're done. <laughs> 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 we're done. <laughs> we got it. We, we got it. You want to go right. first, Odin? Uh, yeah, oh, go ahead. Oh, I thought we was going to yeah. tag team it. Oh, we can? Yeah. Hey, oh, yeah. Uh, what, are, what are, we doing it one at a time? Or this is the cast of. Well, this is some of the cast of. Okay. Or both. Hey, hey, we're here. This is. Hey, you go, who's first? You look. You're listening to W E R A. L P, man. You have to say. LP. Oh, I thought it was F M L P. No. Read it the way she wrote it. That's a man. And in America, we read left to right. I read up and down. Oh, okay, cool, cool, cool. So cool, cool, it's cool. WERA 96.7, Radio LP FM Arlington. Cool. Top to uh, bottom, left to right. So, yeah, you read then. Uh. <laughs> See, when you're curious, you ain't got no limits on how you read. You can't tell me. Who says we have to read it that way? Huh? MF 7.69. No. All right, okay. MF. Are we going? No. All right. So we, hey, what's up, y'all? Thanks for tuning in. This is W E R A L P ninety six point seven FM Radio Arlington. Anytime I'm in DC, you know that's what I'm listening to. Odenak Ezekoli. Wow. I don't think I think you put your name last. You should probably like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? <laughs> and then they're like, oh! if I said my name first, they still be like, yo, who is this guy? <laughs> <laughs> no, you on season two, episode three of Easy. They know you. <laughs> That's what you should have said. This is Odenaka Ezekoli from season two, episode three of Easy. I was the cab driver with the hairline thing. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, this is a comedian, um, Odenaka Ezekoli, on a show that you also don't know about, uh, Easy on Netflix. <laughs> what? Uh, tune in to WERA LP 96.7 FM Radio Arlington. Google all of that. Goodbye. <laughs>
He said this is a comedian. Hey, this is a comedian. Trust this is me. a comedian. Trust me. I I'm wouldn't have lie to you. I wouldn't lie to you. <laughs> Talk about shit they ain't never gonna use. That is amazing. Oh man, it's gonna be it's gonna be something someday, but they're not gonna use it. Not right now. Time. <laughs> Just don't come to the neighborhood. I'm looking. For, I've been listening to ninety six seven all day, waiting for my promo. <laughs> keep listening, bro. So keep. That's gonna be my promo. Keep listening. Oh shit. Hey, it's Calvin Evans. Um, <laughs> check me out on um, WERALP 96.7 FM, Radio Arlington. All right. That wasn't good. <laughs> it's a lot of laughing in the background. <laughs> and everybody going to be like. People are supposed to be laughing. I just like the way you said, hey. 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 <laughs> hey. Listen to me. Hey, Uncle Ronald. Hey, what you doing with all that chocolate on your face? Ah, <laughs> uh, Okay. We're gonna, we're gonna get this right. Hey, we're gonna get it right. We're gonna get it right. Hey, this is Felonious Monk, and when I'm in the DMV, I'm listening to W E R A L P 96.7 FM Radio Arlington. All right. Oh, he gonna he gonna he gonna he gonna mess with us on us. I know, right? And then we get quiet for him. Yeah. Hey, this is uh, Felonious Monk. <laughs> it's the witching hour of. Ladies and gentlemen, Wait, hold on. Let, me, let me do my smooth Ladies and gentlemen, now that Garrison Kyler has been shown to be a weirdo, I am taking his face with the Prairie Home Companion show. You're listening to Felonious Monk and the smooth jazz sounds of Mr. Grover Washington Jr. on WERALP 96.7 FM, Radio Arlington. Hi. <laughs> this is Odenaka Zakoli. And when I want to get in my zone, I listen to W-E-R-A-L-P, 96.7 FM, Radio Arlington. Yeah, baby. Those groups. That's a Barry White. That's a a Nigerian Barry White. That's that's impressive. Hey, Calvin Evans, I got a question. Are you listening to W-E-R-A-L-P, 96.7 FM, Radio Arlington? Tune in. Right. Bam. All right. You guys Bam. Are fired. That's it. That's it. Our work here is done, people. <laughs>